We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers, all narrated by Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's Always Cheating podcast. From Holland, Zlatan, Messi, Rapino, and many more, each episode will focus on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and check out Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends, wherever you get your podcasts. The Timeline is a Blue Wire podcast. Grizz is in the penalty. Booker raising up for the win. Welcome to the Timeline of Phoenix Suns podcast. My name is Mike. I'm here, as always, with Sam. Sam, how are you doing? Hey, what's up? Um, I'm good. We're coming at you, I guess, a day earlier this week, right? Because we recorded yeah. late last week. It was a weekend yep. release, so it is a day earlier. Uh, not too much has happened uh, in the world of the Suns in the past six not days. Really. Um, but the players are in the bubble now, so you know I think things are starting to heat up. It's starting to feel a little bit real. Um, and in just a few minutes, you know, we'll be bringing on Kevin Ray, the, obviously the uh, the voice of the Suns. Um, so really excited for that. But, you know, he'll help us, I think, sort out some of those logistics as we get closer to that. 
Yeah, I think it feels like it's going to happen now. <laughs> yeah, right. And you, you, it feels real because now you're starting to see the actual... I haven't seen a ton of pictures of Suns players, but I did see pictures just their food. of like... Yeah. <laughs> just their food. You know, That was a silly thing that, that happened yesterday. Yeah, it's very um, NBA Twitter. Very NBA Twitter. But, but you know, I was going to say, we did see pictures of DeAndre Ayton with his gaming setup and Devin yeah. Booker uh, with his gaming setup. Yeah. To this point, those are the only two Suns I've seen, uh, you know, the only photographed evidence that, that Phoenix Suns players are in Orlando. Yeah. Um, but I saw the rest Javon of them Carter, there. too. I think the Suns, the Sun, actual Suns Twitter account tweeted out a photo of Javon Carter, too. So, so far, we know that those three are there. We know that they're <laughs> sure. there. We know that. And, and with regards to the food thing, just quickly, I mean, I, I didn't pile on yesterday. Uh, what we know about that, I believe, is that they're tested uh, as soon as they get into the bubble. Um, and from there, it's a two-day waiting period to see how many of them may actually have it before they can proceed to to practices. So I think they're basically just eating airline food for two days, but I'm pretty sure it's going to get better <laughs> after that. So, you know, I'm, I'm not too fussed uh, about that. My thing with the food, which is, by the way, funny that we're starting the podcast with this. Right. But, like the least consequential thing we could possibly be talking about. <laughs> right. Uh does anything look good in styrofoam containers? I think that was that was my whole thing with who is you it? Put who five star meal? You have to in a styrofoam me. con- container, and it's not going to look great. What's the name of the woman who runs the uh, the Sun social media account? She's on Twitter. Oh, you'll have to forgive um, me that I for- I'm yeah, forgetting I don't her name at the second. Allison. Allison. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. She posted a picture with a lovely filter um, over her food because she traveled with the team. She was in their party of of thirty five. You're allowed up to thirty five people, um, and hers looks pretty good. But uh, but that was with a filter. I, I think you just need to be a photographer. You need to work work the angles. It's <laughs> there like you ins- go. it's like Instagram. It's like anything else. Yeah. You work the right angles. You you can make a f- uh, find a way to make it look appealing. You're saying that Joe Ingles probably isn't the best photographer for saying, uh, hotel food. No, I'm saying Joe Ingles is not the best photographer. <laughs> How about we give the people what they want? Let's let's get straight to our interview uh, with Kevin Ray. The voice of the Phoenix Suns, a play-by-play announcer for Fox Sports Arizona. We'll switch over to that. Uh, lots of great information from K. Ray here. Uh, I think you're all going to enjoy it. We'll be back right after that. All right, very excited. Joining us once again, Kevin Ray, the play-by-play announcer for the Phoenix Suns. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing well, fellas. How about you? Uh, not so bad, I would say. I'm, I, I've, I feel like I'm finally... Uh, excited about basketball coming uh, again now that there's like uh news that seems to be filtering out on twitter photos of the bubble i, I think we all saw pictures of the food <laughs> that, that was going around and uh it seems like all the nba players are slowly filtering their way in there um it's i think it's kind of interesting for you specifically uh k ray because uh we have had the news that the games will be broadcast on fox sports arizona with you announcing what what is the plan for that how is that going to work yeah well it's it's a plan that is still being developed um but as of right now and i don't think this is going to to change but yeah we will be doing each uh, broadcast but we'll be doing them remotely so we will not be in orlando um and uh, we are currently our boss dan seekman and his fine staff are currently working on creating setting up a you know a remote studio for us uh, myself and Eddie Johnson to use uh, for these eight games and hopefully more now what K Ray what does that look like it's fine if you don't know at this point but you know because to me 
when I think about that, I'm thinking of maybe you and Eddie sitting together at a table somewhere, you know, maybe six feet apart or whatever with a production truck outside. Um, but, you know, have you selected a location for that? Uh, just, you know, kind of some of the logistics, it, it seems like it's really difficult uh, to get going there. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and, and and better that it's Dan Seekman's job and not mine. <laughs> yes, yeah, way way above my pay grade, but uh, yeah, the and what's added, you know, and and even greater kind of twist and obstacle to this is the fact that, as you guys know, the arena is being renovated. So we would mm-hmm. typically have our normal TV truck pulled in down to the garage below where we set up for for game day, and we would most likely set up in one of the suites or something along those lines. Well, can't do that because the arena is, you know, um, dust and construction going on <laughs> every single day. So they are looking at having uh, probably two, maybe even three different, uh, like, remote TV trucks. And uh, as of right now, it looks like we'll probably be set up in the old uh, Stewart Health Building. It's, it's uh, used to be the Suns Athletic Club. Uh, right there adjacent to the arena uh, next to the parking garage. And so they'll be working on creating, setting up some sort of a studio for us to use. And, um, yeah, the adding possibly to the challenge is the fact that Eddie and I may not be able to sit um, right w- within the social distance parameters. Mm. So... I, I know when I spoke to Dan last week, they were still working on it. Um, Dan, along with the other 21 directors across the league, you know, have a lot of questions from the NBA. How will it be delivered? Uh, what kind of delays we're working with? Uh, camera angles? I mean, it is, it, it, it's a long list that he has to, to check a lot of boxes to. Yeah, that's uh, fascinating to think about how different that's going to be in the challenges uh, that you guys are going to have. I'm sure you've thought a lot about it. One of the things that I was considering when thinking about how this is going to work for you guys is the fact that there's going to be no crowd. Uh, recently, we were I was researching, I should say, for an episode we did about Devin Booker, and I was watching a lot of highlights, and I've noticed that you do a great job of allowing a moment to sort of hit uh, on the airwaves where if the crowd's going insane, if it's like a home game and Devin Booker hits a huge shot or something, you can let that moment sort of rest with the crowd going insane and come in and out with your commentary without a crowd. I mean, there's not a lot of that that can be done. Have you thought about the logistics of announcing with no crowd or do you feel like that puts a little more pressure on you guys to talk more almost yeah you know and that's those are all uh great points and and i appreciate the compliment um it it is i mean that that along with obviously being uh remote is is a challenge that none of us broadcasters uh that i'm aware of have ever encountered where you're not only doing a game remotely but you're doing a game you know a professional sporting event without any fans. <clears throat> and to your point, yeah, I mean, that that's what makes sports so great is to have those moments when you get a, you know, a Booker big three or a Kelly Oubre junior slam and you hear the fans lose their mind. And w- yeah, what's that going to be like? And I, and I've tried to, I've tried to kind of process it a little bit. Um, but because it is something I've never experienced, 
uh, we're all going to experience it together. <laughs> have, have you gotten any news either from the league or, or Fox Sports about? I know there was this uh, idea that was floated about pumping in basically artificial crowd noise. Do you know if something like that is going to happen? Do you have an opinion on if you even would want that to happen? Yeah, I, I know it is being discussed um, at the league level um, and with with all the directors. You, you know, trying to be. You know, you you want it to be professional. Uh, you don't want it to sound, you know, like a sitcom with the the audience <laughs> laugh track. <laughs> um, so I I do think that they will probably be working on that almost right up until our first game. Uh, I, I think they're trying to find a way to to make it sound and feel as natural as possible. You know, if that is possible. Um, but uh, to to as of right now, there has been you know no firm decision on what, how, and and where they will do that. Yeah, that is it's kind of a weird thought too. I, I've heard that they were even considering using video game crowds, <laughs> crowd noise that sort of can sound as probably as real as they can make it sound. Uh, I'm not sure how to feel about that either. It it seems like. It will be odd to watch basketball without a crowd, but I, I do find it kind of exciting in a weird way to have a chance to sort of uh, hear the sort of communication that's having that's happening on the floor. I guess that's something that you're sort of used to. It's it's almost like you're you're going from right on the floor where you can hear them speak to to a distance, kind of like us where we watch when we're watching on TV. Have you considered the sort of challenges? of uh, calling it from a, I guess, from a, a different location and, and what, how that's going to change what you do? Oh, yeah. And, you know, again, you know, for, for myself, um, Eddie Johnson, you know, the, the, the biggest questions will be um, what camera angles we'll be receiving. Right. Uh, you know, who is going to be in charge of delivering those camera angles. And, um, you know, the... The, the one part of it that won't be completely new is, you know, I've been to enough practices and scrimmages where there isn't a crowd, um, right. you know, to watch these guys get up and down the floor. So in that regard, um, I, I think many of those games will kind of have that intense scrimmage type feel at the Suns practice court or out on the big floor or whatever. Um, but when you're, you know, when you're talking about now two different teams – with the highest level of right. competition, um, you know, that, that intensity is going to be ramped up. And, and then to add the layer of, as you noted, you know, doing it remotely from some, you know, 2,800 miles away. <laughs> uh, again, yes, I've, I've thought about it, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure there is a way to fully grasp and feel what it's going to be like until right. we actually right. get to experience it. I'm I'm glad you mentioned scrimmages because you know part of the reason the bubble is it's such a long drawn out process before uh, late July when the games ultimately come back it was announced this week that there would be exhibition games for the players and I think a lot of the focus there Kere has been uh, letting the players get back into into game shape because it's been so long for them um, but given what you guys are going through and and all of the unknowns it almost seems like maybe you could use a preseason too uh, can you tell us if there have been any internal discussions about finding a way to broadcast those exhibition scrimmages if if those will be uh, kind of brought to the fan base in some form. 
Yeah, I, I know there has been discussion. Um, I don't know that we would be doing all three of the games, uh, but I know that there has been uh, talks about trying to do at least one. Um, I think what we, we could possibly see, and I, I'd be very surprised if those would be delivered to the fans. I, I don't, you know, don't... Uh, take that as gospel because who knows they you know the league may decide you know hey let's make this available but um, I think that everybody involved on the broadcast side would love to use those three games whether you you know whether you do end up doing all three or one or two um, as kind of a dry run for you know because beyond Eddie and I there's several other people involved who have their own unique set of challenges including Dan Seekman, Bob Adlock, David Hughes, our our incredible crew, um, you know, as part of the social distancing. Dan, you know, if you guys have ever been in a TV truck, you know how closely those people sit. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are upwards of seven to ten people in a TV truck. Well, he's got to take that into consideration now and so has to work with a skeleton crew. So um, I, I do think that we'll do some sort of a dry run. Maybe one of those games is done with just the, the camera operators, the technical people, so they can get a sense of timing, et cetera. And then maybe Eddie and I will you know, be able to jump in and, and you know, do at least one game as well so we have a sense of the same thing, you know, the delivery of the, the television feed, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, et cetera. Uh, that's really fascinating. I definitely appreciate all the hard work you guys are putting into that. I think I can say that I speak for the entire Suns fan base when I say that we're grateful that we get to hear you guys calling these games, uh, You know, especially for the Suns, because I don't think they have any national TV games. So we need you guys uh, to broadcast these games in order to see them. So we definitely appreciate all the work that you're putting into that. Uh, and look, and we look forward to it. I think as as big of a challenge that it's going to be for you guys, it's it's going to be really exciting for us to see and hear. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has future odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. I did want to ask you recently. Sam and I recorded an episode of this podcast because the Suns had just passed five years since Devin Booker was drafted. So we tried to do a bit of a retrospective of Devin Booker's career so far, and we were talking about some of the biggest moments that we remember from his five years in the Phoenix Suns. Like I said, as I was looking back on a lot of these moments, your voice was the voice that was calling them. You essentially called his best seasons that he's had in the NBA so far. When you look back on the five years of Devin Booker on the Suns, are there any big moments that stick out in your mind, being that you were there watching them live? Yeah. I mean, you know, certainly now Steve Albert called his, you know, 70 point mm-hmm. game in, in Boston um, 
but that that run that Devin had uh, late last year in uh, in March, you know, when he scorched Utah for fifty nine, and I don't remember the the other point totals off the top of my head. Fifty but and uh, he forty eight, I think, right? In fifty and forty eight, yeah. yeah. Um, but he he was just on such a tear, and the thing that that I've really loved and enjoyed. Um, in, in watching and being able to broadcast Devin's games. And Eddie, I think, would uh, would echo this, is just the way he goes about getting his shots. You know, it's not all three-point shots. And, and you know, I, I really took offense. And granted, we're, we're the home broadcast, you know, home broadcast crew. Um, so we are probably a little more sensitive to, you know, criticism and critiques and stuff. But it was so easy for you know, for the outside, you know, so-called experts to use the Suns and Devin Booker as, as punching bags, you know, talking about his stats being empty stats. He's on a losing team. They're empty stats. Right. And it just frustrated me at the time and still does to some degree because it just shows that, that, you know, these people aren't doing their homework. You know, Devin's not launching, you know, 23-point shots. And if, you, if you've watched the evolution of this young man's game, I mean, it has been a sight to behold, and and you you can appreciate the work that he has put in, both mentally and physically, to make himself a a better player. Um, and yeah, it, it having been involved in the Suns organization in one capacity or another for you know twenty plus years, I, I'm I'm certainly you know invigorated because of the fact that. You look back at the days when you, you had a chance to be around a Steve Nash, a Grant Hill, a Sean Marion, a Mari Stoudemire, and knowing the kind of buzz and energy and excitement it created for the fan base. And that's what I see with Devin and, and you know, the, some of the, the other team members uh, for this team. Um, I, I think he has a chance to be an absolute star in this league. And I think finally, because of the respect that, that Monty came in and brought and the philosophies that he's instilled I think people are beginning to take a closer look at Devin Booker and realize there's nothing empty about his stats even in losses uh, he plays the game the right way and uh, it's crazy to think he's only 23 and he's only yeah. going to get better it it truly is an unprecedented story I was saying when we recorded that podcast last week to Mike that there is not another case of development in NBA history uh, of a guy like Devin Booker, five coaches in his first five seasons, uh, who rose to this level. It's, you know, and, and so to agree with you, Kerry, I think uh, a lot of that narrative is dissipating now that uh, the Suns are starting to win more games. Now that guys like DeAndre Ayton uh, are stepping up a little bit more and helping the entire team play to its full potential. Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's just been very special, obviously, to watch him grow into the player that he is. Um, looking ahead to the bubble, though, I think what I've always appreciated about Suns fans, and, and not just the fan base, but all of you guys in the media as well, and on the broadcasting side, is the relative honesty uh, of, of everyone involved. Um, and in the bubble, I think we're realistic about expectations. It would be nice uh, to see the Suns make the playoffs, obviously. Um, but it would take a miracle. <laughs> you know, they, they basically need to rattle off seven wins or, or eight straight wins in order to have that chance. So as they go into these next eight games, what are you looking forward to uh, the most about the Suns? And, and what are you hoping that the players take out of this experience? Yeah, um, 
you know, I think the the biggest thing for me is just the the continued growth. Um, I still remain, you know, fingers crossed that maybe we'll get to see Kelly. Uh, I certainly think it is, and I know that Shams reported a couple of weeks ago that um, after some talk about Kelly playing, that he's been ruled out. But I, I think that it's it's a positive, no doubt, that Kelly um, traveled to Orlando with the team. I mean, mm-hmm. keep in mind, there was only 35 people allowed in each team's traveling party. So as, as an organization, whether it's the Suns or anybody, you want to make sure you're taking 35 people you know, who are going to be able to contribute. And specifically as it relates to the players, you know, you, you don't want to leave an empty roster spot, if you will. So I still remain hopeful that maybe we'll get to see Kelly. I don't know about all eight games. Um, I think if you heard James Jones' comments yesterday or the day before, I believe it was, you know, go down, practice, work hard, and get yourself in a position to, you know, maybe help contribute. And, again, this is just me. I don't know anything. Nobody's told me anything. But I remain hopeful that maybe we'll get to see Kelly for a few games. And having said all that, and you guys know we've talked about it before, the fact that this team was only healthy, had a full roster of three games. And right. if they can somehow, at the very least, even if Kelly doesn't play, keep everybody else healthy. I just want to see that continued growth. You know, looking at Cam, looking at Ty, the young players, um, and some of the other guys who had the bumps and bruises. Ricky Rubio, I, I think, you know, we saw Ricky who was really energized after a much-needed all-star break. And I, I think about what he's going to bring to the floor with this much time off. So I want to see the continued growth. And as I send a message to the team, you know, leave a message. Leave your calling card. Let them know what is brewing in Phoenix. And I think if they can come out of there with that, it's going to create a whole different, uh, a whole different buzz for Suns fans moving forward. Yeah, Ricky Rubio became a father in the middle of the season, and then it just kind of never stopped. It's actually kind of interesting with Ricky Rubio. Uh, You know, the son signed him. He's one of the older players on the team. I think he's the second oldest on the team. It was expected that his his year would never end because there was supposed to be the entire season, then there was supposed to be the Olympics, and then we're going to go right back into the next season with training camp and then the 2020-2021 season. Turns out he's had this really long break where he's able to sort of rest and spend time with his son. And I think, you know, as as hard as that is for the, the world at large, I think it'll be good for Ricky Rubio and extending his career and maximizing his time with the Phoenix Suns. So I think that's a great point to bring up there. Um, this is your second time on our podcast. <laughs> and the first time you were on, I took some heat online for forgetting to ask you, about a famous game that you called or you called for the first few minutes of the game <laughs> because you lost your voice. This was something that oh. happened. <laughs> this is something that happened. I guess it was, was it last season? 19, know, the 19 or the it 18 was last season. Yeah. Yeah. Because there weren't a ton of memorable moments from this season. I mean, it was a, let's be honest, it was a 19 win season. But this distinctly, I remember, it was a game against the Charlotte Hornets. And, uh, yeah. and Tom Leander subbed out for you at halftime. <laughs> yeah, and and you know oh, it what? wasn't even halftime. No, it was it, it was, was a first commercial break, right? It, correct. Yeah. Can you tell the story? What was that like? Tell the story of that night. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was uh, 
it was obviously in the middle of cowboy season and sun season. And uh, as you guys know, the, the travel can be a little frenetic when I'm, when I'm doing both. And it was just an instance where um, I had done a Cowboys game the night before. I believe it was a Sunday night game that we had, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't recall right off the top of my head. But so did the Cowboys game. And I, I could feel my voice towards the end of the Cowboys broadcast starting to get a little weak. Um, but I thought, okay, I've got, you know, 24 hours until the Suns game. And so um, stayed in Dallas that night, flew back. Well, I, I knew I knew that morning um, that it, it wasn't quite right. So I just basically shut my voice down. I sent, uh, I sent my doctor, uh, Dr. Tom Feel, a, a text message, alerted him of what was going on. And we tried to take some steps and measures. I, I texted Bob Adlock and Dan Seekman to let them know my voice was, you know, not 100%. I'm going to rest it, going to try to give it a go. And um, really didn't talk all afternoon. Got to the arena, and we typically kind of have our little pre-production meeting there in the media room. <laughs> and I still really hadn't said a whole lot. <clears throat> and then I, I think it was Bob Adlock asked me a question, and I said something, and he just his eyes kind of like <laughs> look like you know saucers and i'm like it's okay we're going to get through this <laughs> i was reassur- reassuring myself more than i was reassuring him really um and then uh i i'm trying to think one of the uh one of the the kind ladies there at the arena in the uh in the media room she went and grabbed me well, I, I got some some tea, some honey, some lemon, and she, I, she grabbed me something else. And at this point, I've been trying to use every, you know, I had zinc lozenges. Um, <laughs> I, I tried to, um, I took a, uh, a small steroid, which is known to take the swelling down, you know, in those type of situations. And I've used that a couple of different times when the voice gets when the uh, the throat gets tired and have have you know had success with it but it was just too far along and so we we got on the air tried to give it a shot and of course the first time Eddie Johnson heard me talk <laughs> Eddie's response was classic as well and Dan Seekman doing exactly what he should do because he has to look out for you know the entire broadcast mm-hmm. and he doesn't want uh, a frog speaking for four quarters <laughs> on uh, on Fox Sports Arizona so yeah it was it was classic it, we got to that uh, commercial break and all of a sudden I feel a tap on my shoulder and Leander goes you're out pal <laughs> <laughs> I thought I remember said, even Eddie was calling some plays uh, for a few plays yes <laughs> yeah yeah he he wanted to play by play mode so yeah that that's one that uh, one I won't forget any too soon yeah, I think uh, it was memorable for everyone watching as well because uh, some people were like, is my audio okay on my <laughs> right. TV? Yeah, there are a lot of people <laughs> checking their audio settings on their TV. <laughs> and I thought it was uh, I thought it was kind of cool that you tried, you oh, know, because yeah. it's just so it's so memorable and so difficult and uh, it was funny that just Tom sort of just checked in. I'm sure he he was already tapped and said hey just in case <laughs> just in case yeah we had, we had alerted him just said you know in the event of and i, I was really you know uh, you you know as a broadcaster you know you're you're a competitor in your own kind of way right, right. and i just i hate missing games um that's why 
I do everything I can when the the Cowboys and Suns are overlapping. Um, you know, to whether it's a red eye, you know, first flight out five a.m. in the morning. I don't I don't want to miss a game. Um, and uh, you know, just one of those things where. Uh, the uh, the body says we're gonna we're gonna shut it down for tonight. <laughs> well, you gave it a shot. You, you know, signs of a true professional, and as an audience, that's basically all we can ask of you. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, before I let you go, Sam, do you have any other questions? I got K-Ray? one more question. I just right. need to get your take on one thing, K Ray, because I feel like everyone in the NBA circle has to have a take about this. Uh, presumably, regardless of what happens with the Suns in the first eight games, you being a basketball fan will continue to watch. Uh, do you think that this NBA title ultimately will deserve an asterisk? Um, or do you think this is the sort of situation where uh, a lot of people are, are finding things to complain about, but five or ten years down the line, no one will really remember anymore? Yeah, look, I, I don't think it deserves an asterisk. I mean, no, we will not have played 82 games, but it's not as though we're going to miss, you know, 20, get, come up 20 games short. In my opinion... I think this year's champion um, will be even more deserving. And, and I say that because of the, the obstacles and the challenges that each one of these teams have to go through. Right. And, you know, you, you oftentimes hear coaches and players talk about the sacrifices that they have to make, um, you know, in order to become a champion. And it's, you know, whether it's eating, staying in shape, you know, your condition – your, your mental approach to the game. Well, you have all of that in addition to working and playing under these conditions in this climate. I mean, none of these guys have experienced anything like this. And to me, this will be the greatest mental challenge that any of these right. players right. will, at least up to this point, will have faced. And I, I think the team that holds... The gold trophy at the end of it is is extremely deserving of that championship because you will have had to have endured things that no other champion has had to. So, no, I don't think there should be an asterisk by it at all. In many ways, I, I think it it's maybe one of the greatest greatest championships won. Right. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I think a mental challenge is going to be really difficult. And I think even Adam Silver said one of the – uh, focuses for the NBA is the mental health for the players that are going to be there. And I think that's really smart. You're separating them from their families and they're going to be there for months at a time for a lot of these players. And uh, that's a good focus to have. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's just nice to have sports, you know, sports that we watch. For me, I don't watch NASCAR. I don't watch the WWE. So uh, it's like I have had no sports to watch at all for these last few months so we're definitely looking forward to it everyone listening of course definitely watch the fox sports arizona uh, broadcast of the suns game thank you so much kevin ray for joining us we're looking forward to hearing you calling suns games again my pleasure fellas always good to catch up with you and uh yes can't wait till july 31st gets here all right thanks once again to kevin ray what a great guest so easy to talk to such a pro and gave he's, us a lot of best. interesting information there right he's the best he, he gives i mean first of all the fact that he's even willing to come onto our podcast when yeah. you know we're, we're basically these nobodies multiple times 
Um, right. he, he's always been so outgoingly great uh, to us. Um, the other thing is also, you know, K. Ray, you can tell he's a guy who who cares about the crew that he works with, and he always makes a right. special consideration to call out the he other shout them out. the other right. hardworking members. You know, I think it was really interesting when he talked about um, the production trucks. People don't realize that those guys are, are kind of crammed in there and not necessarily usually within social distancing guidelines. It's it's an entirely new world for that industry. Um, so you know, I just love that he's. Uh, giving some attention to all the people who work behind the scenes in that industry as well. Obviously, we love him. We love uh, Eddie Johnson and and the rest of the crew. But, but yeah, yeah, I think he did a good job, and I think it also highlighted the uncertainty of the entire process. I think he did well explaining that because, uh, you know, as difficult it is for the players and everyone in the bubble, there's a whole another subset of people who are putting a puzzle together outside of that. And I think he did a great job explaining that. And I'm glad we finally got the story about the day that he lost his voice there. Mm-hmm. So big, big, big shout out to K Ray for joining us. There was a little a little bit of news that was sort of Suns related, I think I want to talk about, and then we'll get into some questions from people from Twitter real quick. Um basically Jamal Crawford, I think, is the only and only thing <laughs> that's sort of Suns relevant. Jamal Crawford was signed to the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets roster has been sort of decimated by COVID results, a significant subset of players and some of their best players have tested positive for COVID and that has resulted in them having a massive hole in their roster. So they've signed some players, including two former Suns players, Tyler Johnson and Jamal Crawford. Kind of interesting. Three. Three. Who's the third? uh, Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley as well. Uh, So Jamal Crawford gets one last chance, I think, to (laughs) to show off on on that stage and do his thing, maybe we'll get another 50-point game. You know what's crazy is, it, this is kind of irrelevant, but just to highlight Jamal Crawford's age, I was talking with my roommate about Gilbert Arenas today, mm-hmm. uh, and we were talking about his prime back in 2005, 2007. You know, that's that's when I was first getting into the NBA. Um, the that, that Those were the Steve Nash years. But Gilbert Arenas, obviously at the time in, in the East, they had that whole team with the Wizards. He was scoring close to 30 points per game. He was in his prime um, before the whole Deshaun Stevenson incident. And so my roommate was asking me, how how old is Gilbert Arenas even? And I was like, oh, him? He's been out of the league for 10 years. He's got to be in his early 40s, right? Like close to 45. Right. And I looked it up. Gilbert Arenas, a guy that we remember for, for this, you know, fantastic scoring a long yeah. time ago. He's 38 years old. Yeah. Jamal Crawford's 40 years old. He stopped playing at 33. He stopped playing at 33, but he's th- uh, I think he stopped playing at 31 even. That's so crazy. Um, and he's 38 years old today. Jamal Crawford is 40 years old, and, and as of today, he's on an NBA roster. So, you know, yeah. credit to him. And he's going to shoot a lot on that team, I because bet. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have plenty of touches on that team. Uh, to have th- those opportunities and, and to take care of his body the way he does at his age uh, is not something you see yeah. in the he's NBA ready very play. often. He is a consummate professional. Everyone seems to love him uh, around the league. So so truthfully, I mean it when I say I will give Jamal Crawford credit um, for his ability to stick around. He's a very resilient pro. All that being said, I don't think he's going to do much for the Nets. You know, I thought it was yeah. funny. Um, I'm not calling these these guys out in a negative way. If anything, I think it's a positive thing. Um, the, the Blue Wire Nets podcast on our network did a 20-minute little emergency episode last night. Uh, when Jamal Crawford mm-hmm. signed with the team, which I thought mm-hmm. was funny. It, was, it would be like if we did an emergency episode last week for Cameron Payne. Um, you know, I, I think people see the highlights of the 51-point game and they see right. highlights of right. crossovers right. from from now seven years ago um, and they sort of associate him with that style of play. But obviously being Suns fans, having watched him for the past year, yeah. we know that he did not have really an impact on winning basketball. 
Yeah, my whole thought process looking at the reaction online was everybody was excited except for Suns fans who were not necessarily not excited. It's just they sort they of just, understand better that he's not really going to impact the Nets in a positive way, I think. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. That's not the point of it's signing Jamal point. Crawford. It's, at it's eight games, uh, and yeah, that's that's not the point. But but yeah, it's not and just he's a legend, and and it's nice to see him on a basketball court. Like the Nets are going to lose anyway. Like there's no, there's probably going to be a really bad stretch of basketball by the Nets. Might well, I would, I would almost more say entertaining. That, I would almost say that the Wizards, if if the Wizards were at full strength, they would have a chance now in the East to to actually right. prove that they were deserving of coming in the first place. Um, but of course, Bertans is out and Beal is out, so they don't have a chance. And it's like, well, right. why why invite them in the first place? But I guess yeah. you could say the same about us, frankly. Yeah, uh, I mean, and and we have, <laughs> yeah, we have. So uh, before we started recording here, uh, I did tweet out something, just asking people if they had any specific things that they wanted us to cover. So let's get to a little bit of that. I think we're going to do the plan right now is to do an official actual mailbag next week maybe with a guest so perhaps uh, for those of you who didn't get some questions in because i only gave you 20 minutes this morning uh (laughs) (laughs) you'll have some time if you have some specific things for us to talk about next week you'll have some time to get that over to us a couple of interesting ones first one was from the baines fan club uh the sons he's always got a quick trigger yeah Uh, He said, I'm still waiting to hear a discussion about who would win in a fight between one Bane-sized duck and ten duck-sized Banes. You can tell he's a Redditor, too, because that's such a niche joke from, like, ten years ago. Right. (laughs) Spammed Um, in every AMA on Reddit for the past ten years. uh, The idea of one Bane-sized duck is terrifying. It is terrifying. Uh, But it's still a duck. I know. You watched the... um, you watched the Avatar series recently, I did. and Korra. Well, every every animal in that universe is a hybrid. That's true. So that's kind of what I first thought about. I thought of like the turtle ducks in that series, but then like a ba- <laughs> like a Bane's duck, like just 40, 40 feet tall or something with a big beard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know who would win. I I I I, I kind of would favor like a gigantic duck. I feel like it could just step on a bunch of Baneses, but you know the Baneses have the human brain. Uh, so that, that, that's always good. And there's a lot of them, 10, 10 duck sized Banes. There's, there's a lot of them. So I think I'd still favor the giant duck, but I don't know. How Do many you have any duck, thoughts on that? How many, I think the Bane sized duck would win. Yeah. The other variation of this question is how many duck sized Banes could you take out personally if they were coming at you in waves of like three at a time before you, a time. before you die of fatigue and you don't have a weapon? You know, if there's three at a time, I feel like I could probably get up to like 50. <laughs> if I don't have a weapon. Just I've seen like a variation punting. of this question where it's like, how many kindergartners could you yeah, take toddlers, out? Yeah, toddlers. I don't want to get, get in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Um, Moving on. Yes. I think someone did ask um, the definitely not Ryan McDonough account. <laughs> Asked about off-season acquisitions. I guarantee that that's going to be a massive week. topic for us going forward. I, I think that's going to be weeks and weeks and weeks of that. So don't worry. You'll, you'll get that. Uh, someone said Jamal Crawford's future finals MVP award with the Nets. I, I will say this. Look, that's funny because obviously it's not going to happen. But, I mean, how could you not root for that team, though, now, right? I feel like just watching them, if they are successful in any way, it will be fun because it's just a bunch of it's like the replacements. I mean, uh, yeah, man, movie, it's, you know about people just replacing players that that weren't playing. 
uh, and you know, I'll, I'll root for them. Sure, it's a it's a meme team, and you know, because it's Brooklyn, I w- I would say they don't get quite the same uh, coverage as the Lakers, but it does remind me of the Lakers when the Lakers first signed, uh, uh, you know, Javale McGee and have mm-hmm. you know Alex Caruso and these kind of mm-hmm. wacky role players that Bleacher Report loves to, to prop up. The Nets are going to be the same way now, and J.R. Smith, obviously, the Lakers just got him, so right, right. Yeah, so I, you know, I'll root for them. Um, I, you know, one playoff win I think would just be exciting for them. Give them a chance. Maybe Jamal Crawford goes off for like forty or fifty. Even uh, we saw him do it before. I do think it's funny um, because I kind of repressed that memory from my mind, and then I went back and watched the fifty-one point game highlights recently because I was like, oh, you know, this this popped up on my Twitter feed. Why not? I am a Suns yeah. fan, and usually, usually I don't play this card being a Suns fan because I don't want Devin Booker to look bad. But I was looking down at the score and. <laughs> And kind of just noticed that, like, we were consistently down 40 points that entire game. You know, like, it, yeah. was, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. Well, I, and, and it was clearly, uh, this might be his last game. Give him the ball. Let him do whatever he wants. Right. And, you know, it Hey, he's still fluid. You know, that's what I'm talking about when yeah. I say he keeps his body uh, in fantastic shape. Like, the way he moves is really impressive. Not defensively, um, but, but with that ball, he can really do stuff. Yep. Uh, somebody said, Frank off the dribble which is, uh, I assume, a Frank Kaminsky uh, thought here. I, I, I'll say this. Um, I'm, not, I'm not excited to watch him dribble necessarily, but I think it will be nice to see Frank Kaminsky again. It's been a long time since we've seen him play basketball. I don't think, he's played, I don't think he played a single game in 2020. Nope. Um, and, it, you know, uh, it, this will probably be the last stretch of games. We'll see him play on the Phoenix Suns, most likely. Uh, yeah. But, well, you know, I think it'll be nice. Here's what I'll say. Offensively, he did well for the team. We, we've talked about no, it. No, he really did. I mean, there, truthfully, Mike, uh, I don't think we've mentioned it much, but there are advanced stats you could point to that are under the impression, I shouldn't even say under the impression, they're, they're just stats, um, that believe that Frank Kaminsky was a top five player for the Suns this year. Th- right. Those are out there. You could find them if, if you're a Kaminsky truther, so to speak. And so, I, you know, I don't want to get too much in, in this episode if we don't have too much time left into the offseason acquisition stuff. But I do think, I think if you pulled most Suns fans, most people would be on board, the vast majority, with bringing Aaron Baines back as the priority. Um, if you look at kind of those backup forwards that we have right now. But then you get into that tier of Frank Kaminsky as a team option, Dario Saric, uh, you could offer mm-hmm. him a, a qualifying offer. You know, maybe if there's no other interest, uh, if no other teams are willing to bite on a long-term contract. Um, Shek Diallo, I think, has a team option. I have to double-check that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think the reactions there of those three are going to be much more mixed. Um, yeah. And I think it's likely the Suns are going to keep at least one of those guys. I don't see why yeah. they would ditch all three. I could three. see it being Frank, too. And I could see it being Frank. So, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think we've seen the last of Frank Kaminsky, and, and I'm pretty excited to, to see him play, too. I don't know how the minutes distribution is going to work between him and Dario. I think that's something Monty has to figure out. It depends right. on... You just heard... And interesting, too, because of the free agent, looming free agency. There's the looming free agency for both of them. And you just heard K-Ray say uh, that, hey, maybe Kelly does play. You know, we, we just still don't have a firm answer on that. Um, it seems, regardless of Shams's uh, report a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, whether or not Kelly plays at the four, that's going to impact those two guys and, and their ability to play heavily. Um, right. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, that's right. Someone said they're rustled that the NBA put at least five of the eight Suns games during working hours, uh, which is odd. Yeah, it's <laughs> a pain, in the, it's a pain in the ass. And, and actually, I'm surprised. I forgot, unfortunately, to bring that up. Um, but it does suck, doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, how many courts 
Do we know how many courts Disney World has? Uh, it, it looked like three, but I, I think it's only one game at a time is yeah. is what I've seen. I think right. it's the, the the idea of multiple courts is so that they could be setting up because it looks like they had the actual floors for the home teams uh, there. So it looks like they're going to be setting up the floors on multiple courts while games are going on. But I don't think multiple games will be happening at the same time. But that does suck. And I think it all stems from the idea that the Suns are not playing any national TV games. So they need those primetime hours for the teams that are playing the national right. TV the, games. The primetime so, hours are for Lakers, Clippers, and stuff like right. that. Yeah. And So, and yeah, hey, it sucks. But yeah. we're getting basketball at least, it seems like. And, uh, you know, we'll do our best to watch them. I, I'm going to watch all of them. I may not watch all of them live. I'll do my best to try to do that. I'm not sure if it matters. If, I mean, look, for you know, at the hours that they're at, there's a good amount of people who just won't be able to watch them live. Right. Um, and so hopefully, right. you know, those people will need to find replays. Uh, yeah. If you, I mean, if you've got League Pass, then then you can watch it on replay. Um, but for a lot of other people, it sucks. You, you have to DVR or something. Yep, that's right. Um, there are also other means online to get replays. <laughs> yeah, I've I've still struggled with that. I'm not, if, you I'm have not a, necessarily, if you have a reliable way, somebody send me that link. <laughs> I'm I'm well, I'm not necessarily you know recommending any method. I'm just saying that there there are ways, and if if you know, you know. If you know, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I think I think we're good for now. I think that's all we're going to cover here. If, if if we didn't get to your question, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, we may not have seen it, or maybe it came in a little after we recorded. Uh, like I said, next week, hopefully, we'll get another mailbag in, a full mailbag episode, uh, like yeah, I, I think said, possibly with a guest. So Next week will be a hybrid, I think, of just... I, I think the news is going to start to ramp up. You know, these exhibition games are going to start coming up. That's not the upcoming week, but it's a couple weeks from now, and, and we'll start getting um, little trinkets of news coming out of the bubble. So we can react to that in addition to doing a more full, fully-fledged mailbag. It'll be good. That's right. Shout out again to Kevin Ray for making this episode great. Uh, We'll be back next week. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. He takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You're over the big three carriers. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Now you can get unlimited with 5G included for just $30 a month on the nation's fastest, most reliable network. So break free from the big three and save with Xfinity Mobile. Take the savings challenge at XfinityMobile.com slash savings to see how much you can save when you get Xfinity Mobile and Internet together. Reduced speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Most reliable based on root metrics U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement.